Hello, this is Anora. Welcome to the Before You Quit podcast. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard. And man, does it get hard sometimes. That is why we do what we do on these Before You Quit podcast episodes. My name is Mitch Schultz, and I am your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. And I hope, again, that you enjoyed our little co-host that usually takes up just 30 seconds or less of our time. Uh, But because of the topic, again, I thought it'd be cool if you heard from my granddaughter, Honora. Hey, some of the most beautiful stories that we hear today are those kinds of stories that help us better understand the gospel. Uh, The gospel, of course, is a, a simple story of us, people made in the image of God who rebelled against him. But because of his great love for us, and this is given to us in Ephesians chapter 2, especially verse 4, he pursued us by dying for us. Uh, I mean, again, just to remind you again of the beauty and the simplicity of the gospel, uh, we have Jesus dying in our place, Jesus taking on himself the wrath of God that we deserve because of our rebellion. But then, and this is the beautiful part, exchanging our sin for his righteousness. There was a trade that took place at the cross. And the most amazing verse to me uh, when I think of the gospel is 1 Corinthians 5.21, which says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So back to some of those stories that help us better understand the gospel. One of them is adoption. Now, you know, if you've been listening to these episodes, not long ago I interviewed two families, the Santors and the Mosers, who adopted children, and you can go back and listen to that. It's just a couple podcasts ago. And I was deeply moved by how they, like God did for us, rescued children and included those children into their family. So they are as much a son or a daughter as the children that were born to them biologically. Well, today we're going to talk about what it was like uh, or is like to be adopted. Uh, I have the privilege today to talk to Tatiana Fortney, who has the most amazing story of being rescued. And as we listen to her story, I hope you will again appreciate more uh, what your life could have been like had God not intervened. Uh, Let me transition again with a verse from 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18, and then we'll jump right in and I'll have you meet Tatiana. Uh, but that verse says, 2 Corinthians 6, 18, And I will be a father to you, God says, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So with that in place, let's go ahead and jump into that interview right now. All right, I have the privilege of interviewing a young lady who, when I first met her, she was a little girl. And I was just telling my wife that, uh, uh, Tatiana, you were one of my favorites um, back when I was pastoring <laughs> Wisconsin. But uh, how are you doing today? Uh, doing very well. Well, thank you for being willing to tell your story. You've got an amazing story, and we're going to start kind of in a, in a weird way here. Um, <laughs> you were adopted by a large family in Wisconsin. And again, this yes. was the church where I was serving as an associate pastor and um, and so I was there when all this happened. And uh, so I'm going to start this way. What, give me a sentence or two to describe what the past 
what is it 16 years or so uh, uh i think 17 it's 17 years, years okay now? so so just I'm... describe 17 years in one sentence <laughs> in one sentence wow um incredible um mm. i've been amazingly blessed with the the family that i have and the environment that um i received um it's it's been a amazing journey to mm. you know to come from where i was to here yeah. it must be amazing for you to look back well i know we're going to be amazed listening to your story <laughs> uh again i've i've interviewed uh because a, a lot of times tatiana the the focus is on parents who adopt and one of the reasons i wanted mm -hmm. to do this is i think we need to hear i think the church needs to hear uh stories of uh, from people who have been adopted and uh, sure. so that's, yeah. why, that's why I wanted to do this. Um, so, okay, with a, I'm going to use imagery here that you like because you're an artist. <laughs> so with a broad stroke, uh, tell us your story, where you grew up, uh, your family of origin, uh, how you were put up for adoption, because it's, it's just an amazing story. And I know we have a lot to talk about. Sure. Yeah. So uh, broad stroke, um, I was born in Ukraine. Um, in 1997, uh, my, both my birth parents, uh, drank, oftentimes partied, um, they, before I came onto the scene, before I was even born, they had already lost custody of seven kids. Um, my goodness. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. No, six kids. Mm -hmm. Six kids. That was the seventh. Um. And they had eight kids total, but lost custody of all eight. Um, and uh, when I came on the scene, I was uh, pretty—I was pretty rejected right at birth. Uh, my birth mother did not take care of me very well. Um, I was very small, malnutritioned. Um, I did not have the like mother-daughter bond that mm -hmm. a child needs um oftentimes the neighbor would come over to you know feed me as much as possible really and, wow um yeah to try to see how long she could keep me alive for mm. um, and this is after your other siblings have been taken away from you so you're the only child at home right right yeah um so at nine months old, uh, my birth parents got into a huge fight. They were both drunk at the time. And uh, my birth mother was overstuffing the little uh, stove that was kind of in the middle of the little hut or house or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it started throwing sparks everywhere and caught the house on fire and me. Um, it burned 27% of my body. Um, after that, my, uh, my birth parents lost their rights over me immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, and I spent about a year in the hospital. Um, and now, I just, uh, I, I read a little bit recently of something you wrote and was it your neighbor that found you and took you in the snow to. Yeah. So the neighbor, the fire. Yeah, so the neighbor called for help, and um, she pretty much had to stand there and watch as the uh, uh, 
firefighters uh, to get me out of the house, they had to break the window um, and pass me through the window and place me into into the snow um, to stop my body from burning. Because mm. they're guessing it was roughly about um, late January mm-hmm. uh, when this might have happened. Um, sometime during like January. So it was like middle of winter, like the everybody involved in uh, saving my life from the fire um, were very shocked that I lived through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know, I know you had a chance. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll tease this out now, but I. <laughs> I know you had a chance to go back later and meet some of the people I, who were I part of it. the rescue. Yes. Um, so that's, uh, that's going to be fun to talk about that. Yes, um, okay, I did. So, so you were nine months old when this happened. Yeah, nine and months obviously old. Obviously burnt severely, sent mm-hmm. to the hospital. Were you, were you taken away from your parents um, yes. at that time too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my, uh, my parents weren't given any uh, – they weren't given any opportunity to see me or anything um, until later on when I was in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent about six years in the orphanage. Uh, went from the how long were you? How long were you in the hospital? I was in the hospital for a full year. Okay. Yeah, before With severe burns and recovery. Yeah, severe burns. burns. I probably had multiple uh surgeries at that time Mm -hmm. we're not sure how many Mm. um but we know that they did do some things because a lot of the surgeries that i ended up having in the states were to redo and undo some of the things they did yeah interesting yeah and i remember so well the number of times where you had surgery you said 20 some percent uh most of it uh what part of the body or was it spread across yeah so 20 27 percent of my body was um covered in actual burns Mm -hmm. um but then there was another about uh I think like 12% of just uh, uh, skin damage and uh, Mm -hmm. scar tissue. Um, So it's, it's a smaller amount, Mm -hmm. but it's still. Yeah. I mean, certainly severe severe enough. You you had many surgeries, I know. Uh, Well, so, so you, how old were you when you left the hospital, went into the orphanage? You were, probably about almost two years old at that point. Right? Yeah. I think I was roughly around two, maybe one and a half to two mm-hmm. years old. Okay. I left the okay. hospital and went into the baby orphanage. Okay. And you said um, you were in the orphanage for six years. Right. Okay. Yeah. What is your, what is your first memory of, of being in the orphanage? First memory of being in the orphanage. Um, the only one that like is coming to my head mm-hmm. um is there's there there's a lot of good and bad memories mm. um but one of the memories on the happier side um 
were when we would, it would be like a holiday or something and we would get uh, some treats, um, but they were slices of apple. So we would get mm. like two slices of apple as mm. a treat. And that was always like exciting. But like in this, it's funny because like in the States, when you think of like slices of apple, it's just like fruit and just yeah. like an yeah. everyday fruit. But in the orphanage, it, it was, was a real treat. It's a real treat. Mm. And so when like I came to the US and I got to have a whole apple, that was just like mind blowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, and then like occasionally, sometimes on Christmas, we would even get like pieces of candy. And that was like mm -hmm. really, Real, yeah, really super, yeah, yeah, super great memory, huh? Yeah, super. Super rare. <laughs> so, so obviously, six years. You, you know, you were well then into your six year, seven years of age at that time. Um, what was that? Ex as you look back at that, what was that experience like? I know, in some of the things you've shared before, and even some of the writings you've done, you you talked about how you know you were treated well, not treated well by some. What was that? As you look back over that, what uh, what memories stand out? You know, as you yeah. think about the the environment as a whole. Yeah, um, I'm I'm glad that like with the environment as a whole, I'm glad that there was a place for me to go um, that I was taken care of in mm -hmm. some sort of way. Um, a lot of the times the the care workers there, um, they, they were just doing their job. So mm -hmm. they didn't really have, you know, they didn't put their heart and soul into the kids. Um, some of them did, some of them did show more care, um, than others. Um, but overall it was not a very good environment. Yeah. So not a lot of, you don't remember a lot of affectionate, uh, Right. There was not very much of affection. Um, you know, if, if you had, you know, if you felt sad or something, you just needed to, you know, deal with it yourself. You suck and, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it up and just kind of continue with life. And like, you know, this is how life is. Yeah. It's still, it's amazing though, because it is part of your rescue. You know, you, you, it, 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 I love yeah. how you, you just said that at least you had a place that you were able to, yeah. to be at. Um, yeah. what, were, what were some of the connections you had from the outside? Did you have any family, anybody come to see you that knew you from, from before? Um, yeah, no, um, unfortunately not. Mm. Um, some, some of the other kids did. Uh, they had like grandparents or something, people who would come and you know visit or they would get letters from but for me i didn't have that um my birth parents were given a chance to come see me in the orphanage if they wanted um but they never came uh i never i never heard from them again does that does that trigger um, any emotions as you think about other kids you remember other kids getting cards or visits do you remember that being a lonely feeling or were you developing a kind of a resilience by then to where you were able to manage okay through that 
Yeah, I think it was both. Mm. Um, there was definitely a sense of loneliness and a sense of kind of loss and like not really understanding why no one was coming to see me mm-hmm. and you know what happened like why was I there um how come I didn't have any family you know why didn't I hear from them you know where did I come from that kind of stuff so there were definitely a lot of questions mm. um but there was also the sense of by that time there was a need of you know real resilience and being like this is life now you know yeah and it's all you've known you don't have memories from before so your whole shaping of self-awareness and and all is happening there but you're seeing something happening with some other kids that uh right start to raise questions uh, and this this yeah. raises uh, the whole issue of of uh, you know the possibilities of being adopted. Did you at, at what point did you know that you would be adopted? When when did you first hear that there's a possibility you would be brought into a family? Um. So there was, you know, I think the first time that the um, caregivers came to me to get me all like dressed up in the best outfit that they had. Cause that's what they would often do is get mm. you dressed up in the best outfit they would have. They would do your hair. Um, and then they would take you into the side room to like meet a family or something. Mm. And the first time I remember I was so excited, um, that it was like finally my turn and maybe I was finally gonna, you know, <laughs> have a family and get out. Um, but that was really quickly uh, crushed because that family um, decided not to. Mm. And the caregivers, um, you know, told me that they decided not to adopt me because of my scars. Mm. Because of uh, your scars. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because they didn't want to, they didn't want to deal with the mm. uh, burns on my face. Um, and so that was really hard. You were how old? at that event i am not a hundred percent sure mm. i don't i don't remember that age uh very well um i think for like my own self-protection i kind of blocked a lot of those memories mm. and like that age yeah um because it was just so painful well it's such a high and then a, a, right. a huge drop in emotion right okay so it, and it happened multiple times yeah, yeah before yeah. before uh, the family that did it yeah okay let's let's go there because uh meanwhile as as that is happening there's a family mm-hmm. uh in wisconsin who yeah uh you know here must have heard about you or yeah yeah tell us tell us that story and uh, when you first met them, uh, who they were again, I, I'm so connected with this cause I was, <laughs> I was their pastor and, right, uh, yeah. you know, so I'm getting emotional with this. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably um, edit out my, my little outburst <laughs> of emotions here. But. Well, I mean, I told you, I think we would both end up crying yeah. during mm-hmm. this. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So while I was, you know, still in the orphanage, um, halfway across the world mm-hmm. and, Wisconsin, uh, my, my parents had already been, um, talking about adoption, 
my dad got on board and so my mom had this one uh website that she always looked at that mm -hmm. was an adoption agency and she was looking through it one day and saw uh my photo and mm. a little description of me and she said as soon as she saw that little picture which was a uh, two-year-old picture and very small mm -hmm. black and white two-year-old picture of me um she knew uh she knew i was i was the one mm -hmm. um she she felt a tug on her heart from god that he had brought her the right child and so she showed my dad and then she showed even my entire all my siblings um that i have um and asked them you know what do you think and one of my uh one of my sisters said bring her home like this is the one mm. bring her home um and so right away they started um they started the process um they had all the um all the tickets and everything ready to go and the uh the ukrainian agency um something happened where they ended up shutting down mm -hmm. um the adoption agency shut down for a while um they lost their tickets um and they had to wait for a couple months until the agency opened back up again mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember clearly what exactly happened, why it shut down. Um, but when it opened back up again, um, uh, my parents got, uh, new tickets right away and they were, they were over in Ukraine pretty quickly, you know, mm. within the next few months. And in March, I, you know, I remember, uh, my one of the caregivers came to me right you know it was like pretty late at night it was dark it was storming mm -hmm. out there was a power outage and they pulled me aside and said someone is coming to see you and at this point i was like okay like yeah you know, you've been through this before and, i've been yeah. through it I, you know throw on the smile throw on the happy mm -hmm. face the excited face even though like inside i was like it might not work. Yeah, you're tempering your emotions, I'm sure, aren't you? Right, mm -hmm. yeah. And so they got, you know, me in a dress or something. And it was very uncolor coordinated mm -hmm. because, like, <laughs> over there, the, the clothes weren't the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they did my hair and they, uh, they took me to the director's office. And that's when I met my parents for the very first time mm -hmm. and during that time they gave me my very first doll that was like mine and the orphanage people let me keep it and i was like so like so excited because this mm -hmm. was the first toy that i was given wow and it was like mine and like i could keep it to myself mm -hmm. and it was like the greatest thing and i still have that doll um, to this day on my shelf. You also have that dress, right? That you were wearing? I, or... I might. Oh, I okay. So. 
I think there was another dress that was part there of it. There was another story. dress that comes mm -hmm. later on. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, and after that first meeting, and we, you know, they took photos with me. And after that first meeting, they hadn't told me uh, that they were there to, like, adopt me. That mm -hmm. they were just there to take a look at me. And before they took me back to the, like, main room, I turned around and asked the director, when are they taking me home? Wow. Because in that moment, I knew mm. these were the people. These were going to be, this was going to be my family. You had a sense of that just based on the way they were towards you. You could read mm -hmm. their, their emotion. Yeah. And, I, mm. yeah. And no one told me that they were there to consider adopting me. Mm. But I just asked when are they taking me home? Because I just, in my heart, I knew that they were going to be my family. Mm -hmm. um, and I held on to that for the entire process. Um, and funny story, uh, after the process had been um, made official, there was this one month waiting period where they wouldn't let me take, uh, wh where they wouldn't let them uh, take me home just yet. Right. Um, so I had to stay in the orphanage for one month longer. And one of my classmates came up to me um, and told me very matter of factly that, you know, they weren't coming back, that mm -hmm. I wasn't actually going to be adopted. And, you know, I was just being ridiculous. And <laughs> I ended up punching the poor kid because I was so mad. Wow. Um, and, you know, I told them very seriously, they are my parents mm -hmm. and they're taking me home to the United States and I am leaving the orphanage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I get in trouble for punching him, but I didn't really care because I knew <laughs> I was going to be out of there in no time anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so you're, you're six, seven years old at this time. Yes. And yeah, uh, right so they. It's just after my sixth birthday. Yeah. Wow. So uh, Kyle and Becky Fortney are, are the, yes. the, the parents. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they, then, they tell us about that moment where they came and, and took you. Um, it was really, it was surreal. It mm. really was. I had a hard time, you know, like believing like I was actually leaving the orphanage. And I actually had a family mm. and there was this, like, there was a certain amount of like fear of the unknown mm. Mm -hmm. of the future and like where I was going and what was happening. But there was also this satisfaction that like, I have finally been chosen. Yeah. Um, wow. And I'm, you know, mm. I'm actually loved um, by somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I gained more than just, uh, you know, parents. I gained, you know, five other siblings yeah. and, <laughs> you know, grandparents and a huge community and a mm. church and, you know, people who supported me through all the stages of life. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of gained my own little personal army of <laughs> yeah you were a popular little girl did not speak uh english <laughs> at all and cute as a pickle and i remember that so well well what to, tell us about what that was like to arrive in the states assimilating with the family i mean even with the language what was that like for you yeah um 
it was, I was, I was a little oblivious to the world and just mm. kind of like almost in like a la la land. Yeah, overwhelmed like, with the Yeah, the overwhelmed joy and, and just mm. excitement. And, you know, I, I didn't sleep the entire way, you know, from the Chicago airport all the way home, mm-hmm. you know, the full two hour drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't sleep at all. I was like bouncing in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, probably singing little Ukrainian songs. Or yeah, whatnot. I don't know. <laughs> did they did they la- learn some Ukrainian to communicate with you prior to? They did. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did a little bit. Um, but I learned very quickly that uh, when I tried to talk to people in mm-hmm. Ukrainian, they would oftentimes just like smile and laugh mm. and just like nod and then i very quickly realized that they didn't understand a single word yeah. i was saying so at that point i realized i had to learn english mm. pretty quickly mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> which i did i did and um when i was somewhere around seven years old um i ended up uh having a certain incident with um some ukrainian speakers that kind of would scare a young child and at Mm -hmm. that moment i like completely dropped Mm. ukrainian um but at that time i didn't know enough english to communicate so there was this like point of time where i had dropped my ukrainian and refused to speak it but i didn't know enough english Mm -hmm. so there was like a time of like weird communication Yeah, yeah i i can imagine yeah yeah, and kids are so resilient. You know, they you you adapted so well. Um, yeah. And again, just the joy of being in a family was a, yeah. a buffer to all that. And yeah. um, you you uh, you end up having some surgeries pretty soon after arriving. How many surgeries did you have total? Um. So in the U.S., I had a total of twenty-one surgeries. My goodness. Um. From the age of six to the age of uh, 21 okay um so i had 20 surgeries before i had turned 20 Mm. wow (laughs) about a a cert one to two surgeries per year yeah um throughout my life (laughs) yeah that's remarkable that uh you were able to and there was you know i'm sure painful uh but you know rewarding and uh, what, yeah, what was your, this, this is something that fascinates me when someone, you know, is adopted from a foreign country like that and they assimilate into, uh, a strongly, uh, faith-based, uh, you know, home where Jesus is mm-hmm. the center. Uh, what was your first understanding of, of faith in Christ that, that you remember? Or was that just a developing, um, growing thing like it would be for any normal kid? I think for me, it was it was mostly a developing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my parents told me about Christ, um, you know, even in the orphanage and stuff. Mm. Uh, and I, I, you know, I gave my life over to Christ when I was eight i believe Mm -hmm. so at a at a pretty young age but it was it was after i had the family Mm -hmm. um and i kind of realized that you know there was someone out there who 
was watching out for me and did mm-hmm. care for me. And 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 was even watching out for you during those hard years in the orphanage. You you yeah, no yeah. look back who, at that. Yeah, and, who helped me? Mm-hmm. Um, who was kind of the hidden friend mm-hmm. that I needed? And, yeah, I love know, that. Didn't didn't realize I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but who was there and who was you know protecting me and you know saving my life over mm-hmm. and over again? Because you know there are so many times that you know I scientifically and you know just in life in general there should have been no way that i would have survived the fire um i could have easily gotten hyperthermia from being placed in the snow at such a young age Mm -hmm. um you know all the all the hospital stuff and surgery stuff um that there was a lot of danger Mm -hmm. um but you know he had his hand in my life and continued to you know protect me and pull me out of that yeah and it it you know the whole idea of adoption is such a a beautiful picture of uh, it's a it's a metaphor in a sense isn't it how we have been rescued by Christ and we've been yeah. adopted in his family um i'm sure mm-hmm. your story helps you appreciate even more maybe what we take <laughs> yeah, for granted yeah no absolutely you know, and, mm, yeah, I've been. Yeah, you you, you, you had a chance. Uh, sorry, uh, you had a chance to go back uh, once. Yes. Uh, when was that, and what was that like? Yeah. So in 2014, um, when I was 18 or 17, 18, mm-hmm. um, we decided that it was you know it was time to go back because I had so many unanswered questions um and you know things that we didn't know and we decided to go back and see how much we could find Mm. um and that was a huge life-changing trip um it still you know it still changes me to this Mm. day it's still you know i'm still learning things and learning things about myself from mm. you know the things i saw and heard and learned what what was the trip. most amazing looking back at that trip i mean it's quite recent what what do you look back at that had the most impact on on that visit um i think seeing as a as a kid i i kind of um idealized my past and you know Mm. my birth family and thought you know maybe you know maybe they were they gave me up or you know I was taken away because you know they loved me and just couldn't take care of me at that time Mm. but you know maybe they still love me and maybe you know Mm. they you know maybe they would be sorry for what happened Mm -hmm. um but when I went back um it was kind of the opposite wow um it was uh when i i you know i didn't get to uh meet my birth mother because she had passed away Mm -hmm. a few years prior due to her lifestyle and Mm -hmm. over drinking and whatnot um but i did get to meet my birth father um and I had this hope of just like, maybe he'll give me something, you mm-hmm. know, 
some sort of acknowledgement that of who I am and that I, you know, am his kid. And when we explained to him who I was, he just kind of like looked at me and was like, okay, Hmm. but I don't really care. Like, Hmm. Wow, that must have been a moment for you. That... Yeah, it was very difficult. It was mm. um it was it was very painful and mm. realizing that um you know those those hopes and dreams or ideas mm-hmm. that I had of them had just kind of been like crushed. Yeah. Um and it it gave me a far more appreciation and appreciation of the love that my uh adoptive parents sure. gave me and gave me um because i then understood that he didn't have that mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah that ability yeah yeah that uh, that i mean uh, we we overuse the word closure uh, but I think maybe that's something that revisiting allowed you to move past that because uh, there is a fantasy that you know a lot of times there adopted is, kids yeah. that they'll either be rescued again or or they can incorporate mm-hmm. that family into the new family and as you said it's right. idealistic and yeah uh, and often actually, it's not that way yeah and actually before I went back. Um, I oftentimes had nightmares almost every Mm. night, Mm. um, with a fear of, you know, not being loved or not being wanted enough. And, uh, the fear of being sent back to the orphanage. Mm. Um, but after that trip, after we came home, um, I very quickly realized that, um, after a few nights, that after that trip, I never had a single nightmare like that again. Mm, Wow. And I still haven't had a single Mm, nightmare about, mm. you know, being unwanted or being sent back or any of that kind of stuff. So like even that closer, Mm -hmm. was just simply going back, you know, and seeing the orphanage and seeing where I came from and then the, uh, physical, uh, journey of going back and then coming home to the family and to you know my home in the united states that gave the closure yeah it's like this is really this is really home this is really my family Mm -hmm. you had you had a chance to visit the orphanage i did yeah what was that like it was um it was shocking Mm. um when i first when i first walked into the room you know, I was really scared to go back because I wasn't sure what I was going to expect um, or what I was going to see because I thought maybe um, I might end up, you know, getting some unwanted memories or mm-hmm. negative memories back. But when I first stepped into that room that I oftentimes played with my parents and two older sisters in, um, as soon as I stepped in that room and realized what room it was it i was just flooded with all of these happy memories Mm. of you know learning what bubbles were and playing with bubbles and Mm. learning you know playing with puzzles and sitting in my mom's lap and you know painting with my oldest sister Mm -hmm. and you know just 
all those happy memories and the laughter that I had in those days. Mm. Um, and I ended up just like completely breaking down and <laughs> uh, being so overwhelmed. Mm. Nice. Um, Love it. Mm. And a yeah. lot of, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of the stuffed animals there and a mm. lot of the toys that I remember from my childhood that were on like shelves on the wall that mm. we were not allowed to play with um, were still there wow, when I went back. Mm. They were still on the shelves. And it was shocking to me because it was like, there's these toys that the kids are still not allowed to mm. play with to this day. Why would they do that? Um, um, I think it was a form of teaching uh, diligence. I don't, mm. I honestly don't know. It still confuses me to mm. this day. Um, we would, you know, we would get in huge trouble anytime we tried to play with those toys. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know they were i it's it's really confusing of why the reasoning why they wouldn't um they would just yeah have they had toys. yeah they apparently had some reasoning but uh, from our perspective it doesn't yeah make sense. You, you had the chance to meet some siblings while you were there too right i did i met all but one of uh the older siblings mm. yeah what was that what was that like for you and for them? Um I think it was kind of we were both very like all of us were very like a little shy to each other mm. because we were like oh like there's there's more of us. Interesting. Um and for me it was a kind of cool but a little scary. Because I was starting to see the resemblance of where I was getting, like, the, my facial features. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I know my mom said it was kind of, like, weird for her as well. Because she was, you know, seeing her, you know, her daughter. But she was also seeing me with, you know, my blood siblings yeah yeah and surreal like realizing wow. that mm. like a lot of my facial features aren't of you know my adoptive family and that mm -hmm. i have yeah. this whole other world yeah. wow um yeah a whole other world but still worlds apart i mean even right even communicating, yeah exactly. exactly communicating language wise would have been, would have been uh, challenging wow yeah. do you still do you stay connected with any of them i do i do mm. um so one of uh, the the oldest uh, the oldest sister she um, she was willing to meet me, but she made it very clear that she didn't really want anything to do with me after mm. that, um, which I was perfectly fine with. I sure. was like, you know, I'm happy to see you and happy to mm -hmm. you know, know who you are, but you know that distance is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Um, to not have, um, and, um, but the, the older boys, um, I do stay in contact with mm, two of mm. them. I do stay in contact with, 
um, on occasion through Facebook. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice. Well, Tatiana, um, this podcast, I, I do it for uh, the audience that I describe as uh, church leaders, pastors, also those who love the church. And mm -hmm. uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've done a podcast where I've interviewed parents who've adopted. And again, this is unique. I wanted to hear from someone who has been adopted. I wanted to hear particularly your story just because of my, my connection with you. Yeah. I'm um, super honored to do this. Yeah. This has been so cool. Um, I've managed to control myself. Okay. Uh, I, I had just, <laughs> just such vivid Same. memories. Yeah. In fact, I'll mention this, this will be interesting to people that I, when we reconnected a, a month or so ago, we mm -hmm. were talking on, on video and uh, yeah. I reminded you that when you're in the hospital, I given you a little uh, stuffed frog. And, yeah. And you pet you look you turned around. And you said, "Here it is. <laughs> you, you still have <laughs> no. it." I, that was, yep, that was a still, moment that I will treasure. Yeah, uh, I still have that frog and the panda that you gave me for yeah. um, another surgery. Yeah, and I know I that take, you were there I take so a, much. Was it you? I took my tie off when you were in the hospital and gave it to you, and and. Uh, you maybe yeah i i think i did and you you kept that for a while uh yeah. I, I don't blame you if you threw that away it's fine um <laughs> uh, what what would you say as a as a final word here uh to maybe help the church understand adoption from someone who has been adopted uh you know because we you know i think i think we hear stories we you know it's great stories we we love it when families do this um but what what would you say as a, as a closing word here? Closing word, I would I would say you know every every orphan, whether um, whether they're in like a foster care or uh, orphanage setting, um, each child you know deserves a chance at life, mm -hmm. no matter mm -hmm. what position they're in, no matter what happened in their past. You know they all deserve a chance to you know, have a life and, you know, at least try at it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, honestly, any kind of support that an orphan can get yeah. is going to change their life. Um, whether it's getting a really small beanbag stuffed animal or whatnot, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it really changes their life and it yeah. shows that there are kind people out there. Um, and it, it gives them a little hope too. Um, that, you know, people do care about, you know, the children who, um, who, you know, they, they didn't have any, they didn't have any choice of where they ended up. Um, their life kind of just happened that way. Yeah. Um, they don't have any control over it and they're just trying to do the best they possibly can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. And I, I love the, again, this is, this is, uh, you know, what I would contribute to that, that question that, uh, you know, like, like for you, a small child adopted in a family also joining a church community that the church community yes. plays a huge role uh, yeah. in, in yeah, your they, emotional stability, spiritual mm -hmm. development, and, yeah. uh, and to be intentional with that. So maybe the encouragement here would be, 
you know, if you're in a church, church leadership, or, you know, you you love church, you're part of church, uh, and, and someone's adopted a child, um, be, be super intel, uh, in, uh, intentional in, in yeah. loving that, that child, not just the family, Absolutely. but realize the Absolutely. insecurities and fears that that child comes with mm-hmm. and the role that you have in, in yeah. giving them stability and, yeah. and community. Yeah. And so, just understanding that the, the whole process is not an easy process. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of ups and downs within. Yeah, the multiple world, layers but, to it for sure. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and often it's not as as warm and beautiful, and the outcome is not always as good as as your story right, has been. Right. And and yeah. realize, I mean, it's such a blessing that uh, your story has been. You know, and I'm sure there have been moments in these years where it's been challenging and. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. but it, it it's yeah, it's it is it is something that is is different from one family to the other. Uh, yeah. Tatiana, you did a, a great job communicating your thoughts and answering the questions, and Thank you. Uh, just uh, just love how you you told the story. And I know this will be a real encouragement to many people. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right, thank you. Bye bye. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. And I would remind you again, and this will be particularly interesting to you for today, that if you go to our website, www.beforeyouquit.us, you'll see a content description for each podcast that I do. And uh, for this one in particular, you'll see a number of pictures that sort of lay out Tatiana's journey. Uh, I think you'll find that fascinating. And uh, so, yeah, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love for, uh, to hear from you. You can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. And again, do share these podcasts with your pastor, with your church leaders, with your friends and family. That would be such an encouragement to us. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.